The arts to me is an avenue of reflection. It's an avenue of creating perspective. And I think it's the best avenue for those two things, reflection and perspective. And if we don't do that, then I'm not sure what we're doing. I'm Lindsay Linton Buck, and you're listening to Women in Wyoming, where I talk with inspiring and influential women around the state and learn about their lives, journeys, and how they got to where they are today. This is Chapter 4, Rising. This time, Elizabeth Fernandez, creator, choreographer, and the executive and artistic director of Rocky Mountain School of the Arts and Rocky Mountain Dance Theater in Cody, Wyoming. Liz was my dance director and teacher growing up in the Bighorn Basin and provided a space for me and countless others to be creative and expressive through dance. During our interview, I learn about Liz's call to move and create, her mission to encourage reflection and perspective through the performing arts, and her life's work to create a culture of dance and a home for performing artists in Wyoming. Here's Liz. I started dance pretty old, actually. I was about nine when I started. And my mom put me in dance because I was really shy. And she thought it would help. Painfully shy. And it did. It helped me a lot. And I grew to love dance to the point that I felt like I couldn't imagine doing anything else on a daily basis. Even as a, as a young person, I felt that way. And I can remember in sixth grade telling my teacher what I was going to do someday and I said I'm going to have a dance studio and I'm going to be a dancer and, and he said that is the worst idea I've ever heard <laughs> he said you will not make any money it's a terrible idea and you need to reconsider that you know we had a good relationship he wasn't as you know being as mean as it sounded but I said well I said I just don't think it's going to matter to me I don't think it matters what I make or the outcome of success in that way. I just think I'll always do that. And so I did dance all through high school and then I went to college and I auditioned for several programs. And I can remember auditioning for the University of Iowa, which is a, has a huge dance program because they premiere all of Joffrey Ballet's ballets there, basically. And they said to me, you have a lot of passion, but you know, you're really lacking in a foundation. And so I'm not sure if this is the place for you. And I was shocked by that statement. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought I knew everything I was doing. I thought I understood it. So, so I said, well, I guess I need to audition somewhere else. That's just what it went through my mind. And so I auditioned for the University of Northern Colorado. And they have, they had, I don't know so much anymore, but they had a huge theater program at the time and a dance, huge dance program. And the main teacher there at the time, his name is Jeffrey Rockland. And so when I auditioned, Jeffrey said, he said, well, that wasn't the best, but <laughs> he said, I can tell that there's a lot there. Mm. And so let's see where that goes. And so he was kind of, I think, the, the force that then set me in the direction that I went through from oh. that point. I had a lot I had a lot of work to do. I had to take private lessons from him on the side. I also took from a dance studio in town and then plus all of my dance classes at the college and along with all those others and and I did improve and I did change as a dancer and I understood movement and I think that's what 
probably got me into the program. I also understood music. I had, still have good musicality, and that is something that I was always prized for while I was there. And I think those two things, along with passion, are what made it possible for me. Well, and I just want to go back for a moment because when you first went to that dance class when you were nine, and even though that's still pretty young, I mean, most dancers starting ballet start at what age? Three. (laughs) Three or four, you know, yeah. What what about it? You, You mentioned passion and the musicality. You know, what really planted that seed where you were like, this is what I have to do? And gave you that gumption even when your teacher was telling you, you know, you should really consider another track to just still know, I mean, at a really young age that this is what I'm meant to do with my life. I think in the beginning, what drew me to ballet, aside from the things I mentioned, is the discipline, the exactness, the preciseness of what ballet is. I I like that. I like I like discipline. I like a specific goal, I guess, and ballet provides that. It's not all just that, you know, as you learn later, but at the time, that's what I enjoyed. Why I think I felt, you know, compelled, it was the only place I ever felt at home. Even still today, I'm most comfortable in a dance studio. You said you were painfully shy as a child and ballet and dance and it's performance I mean you're putting yourself out there it's not like you're doing you're going into a studio in a closet practicing it by yourself you're in a room full of other (laughs) students and then you're performing it in front of your teacher and then on a stage so how did uh, dance allow you to come out of your shell or, or what was that experience for you to overcome some of that shyness and step in more to yourself where you said you feel like you're at home I think it's I think it's movement. I think movement is a is a type of communication and I think that's the type of communication that I am most comfortable with and that I'm able to express what it is that I want to say. And I think it's that for a lot of people. I have a lot of students that come to me that are incredibly shy that would never in a million years get up and talk in front of anybody, but they get on stage and they own the stage and I think it's it's their way of communicating as well. It gave you a voice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So tell me where you went next. You you mentioned it before, University of Northern Colorado, and you had this major mentor there who he saw something in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself. What was what was that experience for you like leaving Wyoming and, and, and for the first time really being exposed to this bigger world of dance, also realizing, oh, I actually maybe I'm... <laughs> not where I need to be. Talk to me about that point in your journey. At first it was hard. It was, you feel like you're battling all the time and that's what I felt. I felt I just was continually pushing and, and, and you know, trying to get to a place that was you know, unattainable, it felt at the time. But I'm a fighter, so I just kept pushing and that's what I do. And it got easier. It got a lot easier to the point where it was enjoyable. But I had to go through that process to get there for it to be enjoyable. It was eye-opening for me in a lot of ways. I think one because I, I think because we grow up here, it's it's a little secluded, and I didn't realize there are all these different types of movements out there. You know, I had a modern teacher, and she was very well known in the dance world. I didn't know that at the time written all kinds of books about modern dance and 
improvisation and creativity in that process. And I can remember at the time hating, <laughs> hating her classes because it was so new for me and it really pushed the boundaries of what I was comfortable with when it came to movement. And it was fantastic for me. It definitely changed it changed everything about movement for me because it took the box away. There was no box, and she really forced you to to look outside of that. Even though sometimes the movement wasn't necessarily rewarding, a lot of it didn't feel great to me, and probably because it was so different from ballet. But it was that was a huge experience that changed my life forever. And then there's the whole social aspect that you know dancers dancers like in any profession I think they're their own breed and there's this own there's this culture that exists that I didn't necessarily understand because we don't have that kind of culture here well we didn't before and I enjoyed that a lot but there was a a huge learning curve you talked about the culture and for you being exposed really to the culture of dance and performance what what are those elements to someone who has zero concept of that what was that like and how was that so impactful for you I think for me, it was having this common bond with all of these people that you don't really know you have until you're all put into the same room together. And you go through the same process every day with these people and the same trials and tribulations and the ups and the downs. And so this bond is created through these same experiences that are a little bit hard to explain outside of the dance world, I suppose, or outside of maybe even specifically your group of people that have gone through those things. But it creates a bond that's really unbreakable. And I think that was the thing that really stuck with me and struck me was that we're all in this together. And that's really how you feel. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's competitive in one way and in another way, it's family. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a great balance. So that was new for me and what I loved, both those things. So when you graduated, you left that culture and that family to come home to Cody and rebuild that culture and family for yourself here. So why did you want to come home? Well, I think we always want to come home. And so I think there's that aspect. Looking back, my reasons were altruistic, not, you know, not necessarily realistic. I assumed that, I guess, that everybody would want to understand it like I do and understand not just dance, but the arts and diversity and culture. That's not really true. Um, <laughs> you know, I, there, there are several people. I'm not going to say that there isn't anybody, but that's not really, that wouldn't have worked. I wouldn't have been able to stay with that path and have you know, created what I have. Ultimately, that was the reason I came back. Was to try to share what you had learned? Or? Mm-hmm. Share what I'd learned, create that type of culture here, especially for kids who don't have anything else, that, that this would be their, their thing or would be their, you know, where they felt at home. And I still think that's important, and that is why I still continue to do an aspect of what I do is for that reason. But after I got started, I think for me it was the process of creating that I fell in love with, and that's really what drove me to keep creating and to keep doing the things that I've done. Well, and you're a very ambitious creator. I mean, when you 
How old were you when you opened the studio again? You had just graduated from college. I was 22. And then you also decide to produce The Nutcracker. Was it the first year of the studio or the second year? It was the second year. Yeah, tell me about that drive to create and and just some of those first years, like what was going through your mind, not only having to build this foundation of classical dance from kind of Ground Zero and Cody to then also deciding to take on this major production and put that into play as well. I learned quickly when I opened the studio that teaching wasn't enough for me. And not because I don't find great reward in teaching, because I do. The kids are amazing. They're so, every day is different. And I learn something new every single day still, you know, 20 some years later. But for, as an artist, it's not enough because you're not always creating. You're, you're, you're trying to get people from point A to point B. And that process is tedious and very important but as an artist it didn't fulfill what I needed it to fulfill and then from there it opened up other doors that I could use to create because there was this one solid thing that everyone could get behind so then I could be more creative outside of that which took a long time Mm -hmm. Um, it took a long time for our audience to be okay with that you have to push the standard and the norm like one tick at a time and it's this really really slow process and so it was a long time before I was able to really create outside of the Nutcracker the things that I really love I love the Nutcracker too but just outside (laughs) of that and it did what I needed it to do did it take longer than I thought it would yes it did you know, you start producing the Nutcracker, but then you also produce a spring show. You have a pre-professional company for your more advanced dancers to be performing. You're now producing a musical. Why keep going? I think because for me, if you were going to ask me what my favorite style of dance is, I mean, my favorite style is whatever I'm doing at the time. So during Nutcracker, my favorite thing is Nutcracker. You know, when I'm doing spring production, my favorite thing is spring production. When I'm doing Wild West, that's my favorite thing. I think for me, I have this insatiable desire to understand a lot of aspects of dance and of performing arts specifically. And so ballet is one aspect of that. But I also was introduced to contemporary dance at a workshop that I went to after I opened the studio. And I fell in love with that type of movement and... I started to just experiment with that type of movement and fell in love with that as a medium for communication for myself. But it took a while for me to be able to take that movement and put it on dancers because the movement was so different. And so you're taking classically trained dancers and asking them to change everything that they're doing. And so I started slowly. How, How so? Changed in what way? Well, there's... One of the things I still battle with is in ballet, we, we have this axis that we stand on and there's a center point. And in contemporary, we pull off that axis a lot and we dance in a different way with that axis. And all the time, you know, I'll have to say to my dancers in ballet, this isn't contemporary. You have to find, you know, that point. It's important that you understand where that is, you know, because it's what will keep you standing straight. It'll keep you on your point shoot. It'll do all these different things. Or, then in contemporary class, I'm like, this isn't ballet. You need to, you know, you have to pull off of that axis. You know, there, there's movement that's different. There's contraction of your upper body that you don't do in ballet. There's a use of your arms that is different. There's a use of turning in a parallel instead of just always turning out. And so the movement feels different to your body. And to teach 
that it's easier if they have a classical foundation, so you have to build that first, but then they have to have an awareness of movement and of their body to know then how to change that. And you can't just tell them, they have to feel it. And so in order to be aware, they have to understand what they're doing and get them to understand what they're doing takes years. So that's why it just, what it didn't, I had tried little things and it's like, that doesn't look like me. I, know. I mean, I can remember saying, oh, you're scribbling all over my artwork right now because <laughs> the, movement, the movement just wasn't quite right. And so now that I've been able to build that foundation, I'm able to do both with them. And it's what I want it to be. And that, mm-hmm. I, I lo- you know, I love that you have so many different realms of your life from your relationship with your students to being a creator and an artist. Tell me about some of those connections and how they all tie together. There's a process that we go through from when they're young where I demand an amount of discipline in their classes. I demand their attention and I spend years teaching how to pay attention and respect. That goes both ways. And once we've established that after years, there's a trust that that is then also established. And so when I ask them to do something or to do a movement or to try it again, they will. And so I think the process, once we've gone through that beginning aspect is, I mean, it's amazing. It's what I love the most because they're so open and they'll do anything. They will, if I ask them to put themselves out there, they will because they trust the process. So I feel like because I was able to establish that, now I can do that other side of creating that I wanted to do that took a long time to establish. Yeah, it takes time and it takes for you that discipline and I think really that fight to stick to your guns and what you need to, what you know where that end result where you know you want to go where does that energy come from to come into the studio every single day and switch hats from teacher to choreographer to artistic director then just maintain that that standard of excellence but then also keep pushing forward and and growing and evolving there's days it's hard i mean there's days where the demand is so high and then and it's not just the demand of the kids the demand of what i want to happen in those classes and so there are times that it can feel a little bit exhausting but once I get started I mean I never look back I don't even think about it I mean I never end a class on time I mean I'm terrible it's like I don't even know when they're supposed to end to be honest and that takes, <laughs> <laughs> takes the kids to say you know so Liz uh, you know in fact I ran ballet class for two and a half hours the other day and it was supposed to be an hour and a half and you know they don't say anything until after a while (laughs) but I think for me the most important thing is always the outcome and so whether I'm exhausted or whether or not I feel like doing something at a certain time I know that this is what it takes to have the outcome that I want and to me there's nothing worse than going through the process and then getting to the final product and wishing that I had done something different. And so that drives me because I just absolutely can't live with that. And I know that about myself. And so I do push all the time for that reason. Um, I push the bar because I want everyone to be proud of what's going on. I want, not just me, obviously I want to be proud, but also Uh, We have a lot of dedicated sponsors and donors. I want them to be proud of the product. I want the parents to be proud of what their children are doing. Most of all, I want the dancers to be proud of it because they're the ones who put in the immense amount of time and effort. You know, me 
working all the time is also them working all the time. And so it's a joint process. We both have to be there all the time. And it takes that to really get to the next level. And so I'm demanding a lot of their time and energy, just as I am of myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I try to give as much to them as I'm asking them to give to me. So. Yeah, what's your mission now when you came home? It was wanting to bring all that beautiful experience you had learned in college and had that exposure to that you never had. What's your, has your mission changed? Has it stayed the same? (laughs) That's a good question. I think it's, it's both because I, my mission is still to create, it's still to provide the, an avenue of performing for those who want to perform, um, at a certain level. And it's not for everybody. And I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't expect everyone to be okay or want to do it. I don't expect everyone to come to my dance studio. I know that it takes a certain something, and you have to want that, and I'm okay with that. I Still today, I, I really love creating and finding new ways to do that. And so that hasn't changed for me, and I doubt it ever will. I love to move. It's, it's really fun for me, and it's what... pushes me every day I mean I if I don't have a chance to do some sort of movement then I feel a little odd just like ugh, just I don't know not like maybe not quite in like it's out like everything's an out-of-body experience then if that makes any sense and but my mission is different in that I think now it's creating also an understanding of why it's important and I don't, why, why what is important? Why the arts are important, why performing arts are important, why dance is important, and the connection that it has that it can have for many of us, if not all of us, to ourselves, to history, to the present, to other cultures, to so many things. And I think no, I, I don't think that enough attention is paid to those aspects. And so that has become my new mission. And it's as hard as the first mission. You know, it's, you're battling a lot of things when you're talking about that mission. And I think our culture, especially because nothing is off limits. We can be anything, we can do anything, we can, you know, we don't have to, we're not limited. And, and Within that, we sometimes, I think, lose why things could be important or should be important and why there should be attention paid to those things. Right. Why do you feel like people should care about the arts and performing <laughs> arts? Right. Exactly. And I I know it's a question, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I know. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, yes, it is. Um, I think that for me, there's the connection to history that I think is important. And I think we don't spend enough time understanding history and not just performing arts history but history in general and I think that it's unfortunate and it's eventually probably going to catch up with all of us if we don't pay attention a little more. Arts to me is an avenue of reflection. It's an avenue of also creating perspective and I think it's the best avenue for those two things, reflection and perspective. And if we don't do that, then I'm not sure what we're doing. So You're doing the Nutcracker, your spring production, <laughs> full year of teaching, summer workshops, your own professional growth and development. 
you decided to create a musical. So I'd love to hear about just this new chapter of your life where you're taking dance, but now incorporating acting and, and singing. And what's been the biggest surprise that you weren't expecting to create the Wild West show? I think the difference in all of the performing arts and working with the, the artists that are, are connected to those different performing arts. Actors are so different from dancers and dancers are so different from from singers and singers are, you know, singing and acting goes together, but sometimes they're not both. And actors are so much more open than dancers. And I wasn't used to that. And I found that I really like it. I liked the openness. I liked the fact that there's people out there that are willing to do something that I couldn't dream of doing, you know, getting on stage and acting and singing mortifies me. And they just get up there every day and act like it's not, you know, it's just, it's what they do. It's who they are. And, and, I love working with them and I love working with the dancers within the show too because it brings out different things in them that I wouldn't have seen before and so that's been a big surprise for me. I think another surprise is just that every creation is different. It has its own soul and what I love about this one is that it brings the history aspect that I've been talking about so much into play but it also depending on who is acting on a certain night, you know, the show has a different feel. It has a different, I don't know, a different feel is the best way to put it. And I, I didn't understand that as much. It's not so much like that with dance. It is to a degree, I suppose, but not to the point where the show is just has a completely different feel. And that's been, at first that was really scary to me. I didn't really like that. I still struggle with it a little bit. Like I'd prefer not to have that unknown and that's just more my personality but at the same time it is interesting to see where it goes on a, on a nightly basis connected to who's in the show and who isn't on a night you had this vision when you were a kid to open your own dance studio <laughs> and you've done that so are you would you say you're living your dream yes i'd say i am living my dream i really can't imagine doing anything else. I don't, I, in fact, I really don't think I would do anything else. And so I love where it's gone. I love what it's become. I love that all the hard work has paid off in multiple ways. And, you know, I love that it's still growing and changing all the time. And so, yeah, I can't imagine it being any different than how it is now. What advice do you have when you look back on cultivating that fulfillment or just you know, a path where you can really find your home and your voice and also make an impact. I think it's about being true to yourself and and understanding truly where you do feel at home and where you do truly have that passion. I think it can be swayed by a lot of things, especially today. You know, there's influences out there that I didn't have, like social media and things that glamorize aspects of life that really aren't that glamorous. And so I think you have to be true to yourself in that. One of the best quotes I've heard in a long time, which is sort of funny, is a quote by Lady Gaga during the Oscars. And she said, you know, may you have the discipline for your passion. And I think it's something that gets overlooked a lot. And I think it's key. You do have to have the discipline for your passion, meaning you're willing to work hard enough for it. 
because just because you love it doesn't mean it's easy. And just because you have this idea doesn't mean everyone agrees with your idea or that it's so, or that your your idea is going to be supported. And so you have to you truly do have to have that discipline every day to fight for for what you want. And if you don't love it enough to do that, if it's truly not, you know, something that you can pour your life into, then it isn't your passion. It's not your desire and it isn't what you want to do. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but I do think we have to understand that. And so my biggest advice is, you know, one, check it, make sure. But two, yeah, you need the discipline for your passion because <laughs> it's not easy. And it never stops being work. It never stops being that you have to push and drive and it's always there. You always have to do that. And regardless of what you deem as successful, and I think that's a different view for every person, you still have to drive on a daily basis. And the value of that drive and discipline and, and putting in the work and fighting for yourself is what? Oh, I get up every day to be challenged. I get up every day so that I can, you know, see what, what this day is going to bring for me and what life has in store. And I think maybe that's a personal trait. I don't really know, but may everybody feel that in some way. I mean, maybe it's, maybe there's levels of being challenged that some enjoy and some don't, but I think we all have to, we all have to be driven to make ourselves better people and to, to contribute to society in a positive way. That's all of our jobs. And so however you need to do that, and for me, this is how I do it. That was choreographer and creator Elizabeth Fernandez. To see Liz's full profile and portraits, visit womeninwyoming.com. That's womeninwyoming.com. You can also follow my journey on Instagram at womeninwyo, that's womeninwyo, or on Facebook at womeninwyoming. Chapter 4 is supported in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council and the Equipoise Fund. Momentum is our nonprofit fiscal partner. Additional funding for the Women in Wyoming exhibit comes from Jean Lewis and Mary Armour. The Women in Wyoming multimedia exhibit is on view from October 25, 2019 to August 2, 2020 at the Buffalo Bill Center of the West in Cody, Wyoming. The exhibit features large-scale portraits and audio soundscape and interactive components celebrating the achievements, power, and learned wisdom of Wyoming women today. I'm Lindsay Linton-Buck, and you've been listening to Women in Wyoming. Mm-hmm.